Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 108 of Buds and Blue Jays, your place for all things related to the Toronto Blue Jays. I'm your host, as usual, Jesse Burrell, and I am joined by Riley McConnell. And Riley, what's up, my guy? How are you? Jesse, I am doing well. It is a very rainy and um, kind of a gloomy day here in Prince Edward County. That's all fine. Uh, Still kind of digesting this series, the weekend series against the Twins, I suppose. We ended up winning uh, one game to three, and it came really kind of in the dire moments of game three. Uh, We'll pretty much bust into that uh, because that was really our saving grade. Just lucky we didn't get swept, man. So um, all things considered, man, I guess I'm doing all right. I mean, we got a big series coming up as well. But still, we got to talk about this one, three games against the Twins. And let's dive right into it, man. That's right. We've got all that we got to get into here. Plus, the first round of all-star voting has come out, and there's a lot of Toronto Blue Jays on that list, so we will get talking about that as well. But first, guys, remember, our show is free, and we're available on all platforms. So if you are watching us on YouTube, like the video, subscribe to the channel, and all that fun stuff. If you are listening to us in podcast land, five-star review, leave a comment, tell a friend, share, download, all that good stuff. Anywhere you can get your podcasts, you can find Buds and Blue Jays. Formalities out of the way, Riley. Let's get into the game recaps for those of you at home who might not have been able to watch them all. These were all three very winnable games for the Toronto Blue Jays. We'll get into game one. The Jays lose this game three to two in 10 innings. The Blue Jays go one for 13 with runners in scoring position. And they had instances on second and third with no one out in the ninth. And again, with more runners on in the 10th and could not get a run across. Blue Jays had a go-ahead run nailed at the plate too. But then Alejandro Kirk dropped the ball at the plate. And ultimately, Minnesota squeaks out the three to two lead. Yusei Kikuchi pitched solid five innings in this one with two run runs allowed. And the bullpen, the guys of Nate Pearson, Adam Simber, Jimmy Garcia, Eric Swanson, and Tim Meza all pitched well too. Five innings pitched, three hits, no walks, five Ks. George Springer and Tyler Heineman had multi-hit games in the losing effort. Game two, the Blue Jays lose this game 9-4. to four. The Blue Jays got the lead early in this one thanks to RBI singles from both Whit Merrifield and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And the Blue Jays' bullpen day to replace Alec Manoa in the starting rotation actually started out really well as Trevor Richards, Tim Meza, and Bowden Francis all looked very, very sharp. But it fell apart when Adam Simber was brought into the eighth inning to protect a two-run lead. Mitch White followed and was also not that good as the Blue Jays lose a very winnable game in this one. And in game three, the game that took place on Sunday afternoon, the Blue Blue Jays win this one 7-6. Kevin Gosman got hit around early, ended up facing eight batters in the first and four of them across the plate to score. Settled in nicely, though, only ended up giving up two more into the fifth. But the Blue Jays were able to crawl back, though. Matt Chapman had a two-run home run, which brought the Jays down by two. And then the Jays get a very clutch three-run home run from Kevin Biggio in the eighth, which might have been his individual biggest hit as a Toronto Blue Jay. And the Jordan Romano was able to seal the door in the ninth to give the Blue Jays the win in the getaway game. After this series, the Blue Jays stand with a record of 37-30. and We're fourth place in the AL East, 10 and a half games back of the Rays within our division, and just half a game behind the New York Yankees for the third and final wildcard spot. So, Riley, so many talking points to come out of this series. Where where did you want to go first? I mean, I like to usually go in chronological order. This episode, I'm just going to just break my rule right away because I think we kind of talk. I'm going to start with the talking about our win, which was in game three. Let's start with the seven to six game, um, which, hey, it looked like we were probably going to get swept in this one, man. I would be lying if I said that this is one that I definitely tuned out midway through because it's something you just don't want to see. This is a again. It's a very important start for Kevin Gosman with Alec Manoa being sent down. um, Gosman's um, 
you know, he already, you know, I wouldn't say he has shoes to fill. Those aren't his shoes to fill. Right. But I mean, that's an that's an arm that was there, and now it's not. I mean, so I mean, you got Gosman coming in. He basically, not the entire year, but a lot of the times, he's pitching. When he takes the bump, we probably lost the game before. There's a good chance of that. So you never want to, I mean, the goal is to win every game, Jesse, obviously. But there's more pressure on him because we're just coming off a loss. And it really seemed like that was the case. Like you said, it was our bullpen day. The experiment started out really, really, really well and then really fell apart on us. Kevin Gosman. Four and two thirds inning again. The twins were right on him, man. He pretty much got battered. He got battered around in the first inning, settled down a little bit, but I mean, they got to him again. This is a start for Kevin Gosman, where you you can see how good of a pitcher he is. Uh, there's there was glimmer of how great he is in this, but the twins were just really on him, and this is one of the few times where he was giving up that many hard hit balls and i mean hey you can say that yeah the um that the babbit for uh the twins was pretty good in that game and and whatever else you can you can say good things about the twins but really i mean we've seen gosman do better against better teams you're gonna have these kind of starts but all in all not too concerned you just kind of feel for Kevin Gosman on this because he's dealing with a huge workload. He's going to be probably the American League leader in innings pitch by the end of the year. That's my thought. So he is right I now. mean, so. I but and he probably he's going to uh, he's going to continue. I hope he gets his thirty three starts, and I definitely think he's going to surpass two hundred innings this year. I mean, he's a hell of a pitcher, Jesse. He's been on you know, 90% of this year, it seems. And then he gets a start like this and we still walk away with the win. So you feel good, but at the same time, not Gosman's best work. Yeah. It's interesting because Kevin Gosman, we've talked about him after his dominant performances about this guy is an ace. This guy is a stud. This guy's going to win the Cy Young award, but this is three starts on the season. Now, Riley, where Kevin Gosman has actually been quite hittable. And I'm curious if Minnesota might have something on him. He got the fewest swings and misses out of every single appearance in this start today. And if you go back to his tenure as a Toronto Blue Jays, Minnesota historically has actually been able to lay off that splitter quite well from Kevin Gosman. So I'm curious if maybe they've picked something up and they know that pitch is coming because Gosman's at his best when he's got hitters thinking fastball and then that splitter dips out of the zone or then they're thinking splitter and then he paints that fastball at the bottom of the zone and he wasn't doing it as well in this start. So Hopefully word doesn't get around the league for that with Kevin Gosman because Kevin needs that deception in order to be the dominant pitcher that he has been doing. But I don't think either you or I are worried really at all about Kevin Gosman. I think we both think he's going to be just fine going forward. I have the mindset that he's going to bounce back at his next start. It's kind of a no questions asked thing. We've seen it before. It'll happen again, man. I have no worries with um, with how Gosman was in this one. Of course, not things you like to see, basically just for his own line. Listen, we ended up getting the win anyways, a well-needed win, Jesse. And that being said, um, this is a game I tuned in and out of and whatever else because I just, you know, we were I, basically for me, we were going to get swept. <laughs> and then in the eighth inning, um, Kevin Biggio comes up with a huge, mm -hmm. huge home run, Jesse. I mean, you said 
this uh, the biggest uh, the biggest hit of his Blue Jays tender so far. I would agree with that, man. Regular season or playoffs, anytime you basically it's not a solo shot from a tie. This is a three run home run in a clutch spot. I myself, I don't know how much I believe in the clutch gene. I do quite a I I do buy into it a little bit. Is Biggio a guy I thought had a clutch gene? Not really, because he doesn't hadn't really had a hitting gene uh, for a long time. Of course, his <laughs> best year was in his, uh, you know, being his first year in the bigs. And we haven't really seen anything else since that has been eye popping at at the least. Um, and you know, I feel like this is good. This is a big confidence booster. Maybe, maybe Jesse. Uh, Biggio gets more usage after this. I mean, you can be deep in a lot of positions. I find if, you know, us having Jansen and Kirk, obviously Jansen on the IL, it's good to have two catchers like that. You don't necessarily have to be too deep at second base. And I know Biggio plays a lot of corner outfield. has played some first base and then second base as well. But we still got Espinal and, of course, Whit Merrifield to play second base. So, I don't know if it raises uh, Biggio's stock or whatever, uh, because I mean, it's the same thing as what I thought last year. I mean, we have a good platoon of guys, um, but I, now I'm kind of thinking, like, what is Biggio's usage going forward after a big moment like that? I mean, if he's swinging a hot bat, you got to you got to put the guys in the lineup that are that are hitting the ball and hitting the ball hard. And that's the thing, right? Like with the Blue Jays having so many good players on their roster, you can only put nine guys in a lineup at a time. And more often than not, Kevin Biggio has been on the outside looking in. And if you look at the season numbers as a whole, Riley, you can see why, right? His walk rate's down to seven and a half percent, by far the lowest of his career. His strikeouts are up. The power is down. The BABIP's down. The average is down. In fact, the 73 WRC plus on the season has been quite bad, the worst of his career. However, Riley, if you dive a little deeper, I remember maybe... Three weeks ago, four weeks ago, I said no pitch, no batter in baseball had had more pitches outside of the strike zone called strikes against them than Kevin Biggio did. I don't know if that stat is still true. It's probably not because he's had so many uh, or so little plate appearances so far this year. But there are some signs of life, man. The power swing is back. He had a little bit of swagger on that bat drop he had for the home run. Since May 1st, Riley, a 120 WRC+, plus. he is an above-average Major League hitter since that time. And since May 23rd, Riley, his expected Woba, best on the Toronto Blue Jays, just ahead of George Springer. So I think you're right, dude. We might be seeing more Kevin Biggio in the lineup, especially going forward here. Those are all nice things to have a little not we'll talk we won't talk about them really except for this but uh Espinal also putting together a nice game in there as well I think getting on base twice and scoring two mm-hmm. runs um so these are all good things these are good problems to have yes 26 guys in the clubhouse and nine guys in the order so not everyone's going to get their their shot every single day and Biggio's one of those guys he's on the outside looking in right now and for him to be in the lineup, hey, is if he gets a pinch hit opportunity, if he goes down on three pitches the next time, you can see his usage probably less. I mean, it's really circumstantial of how he takes his at-bats. I mean, his defense is definitely fine, let's be honest. He's not going to wow us with any, you know, major plays, although he has played some pretty good right field. Has really impressed me yep. this year. But, I mean, it's on him at this point. He got the opportunity, three-run home run, Ended up being the winning run. His his run being the winning run in a, in a one-run game. Romano comes in, shuts the door, and di- disaster averted, essentially, Jesse, because this is the Minnesota Twins. They're in a weak division. We're the Toronto Blue Jays. We're in the strongest division in baseball. We, we couldn't afford a sweep. 
we're still battling against the Yankees and the Orioles who we play in the next series. And they're really not slowing down a ton. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the fact that we've, you know, really didn't, you know, win the series, I think is not great, but I think a sweep and we're even in, we're in worse shape. So, I mean, we're okay with it. Yeah, avoid disaster, especially because these were all three winnable games for the Toronto Blue Jays. Getting that clutch one from Kevin Biggio might actually be what it takes to get this Blue Jays team back on firing on all cylinders again. Riley, I want to talk about game two, and this was supposed to be Alec Manoa's turn in the rotation. The Blue Jays ultimately, they called up Bowden Francis, as we talked about last episode, and ultimately went with the bullpen day, Riley. And I have a lot of thoughts coming out of this bullpen day, and I guess we'll get into them each individually here. The first one, Riley, um, Trevor Richards started. And he looked amazing, dude. Like I was sitting on my couch, audibly laughing at some of the things that Trevor Richards was doing here. Um, he has on the season, Riley, he has a 0.87 batting average against his off speed pitches, which is insane. He's got the third most swings and misses out of any other reliever in baseball. And in this appearance here against uh, Minnesota, he threw seven, he got swings on 17 of his changeups. They only made contact on four of them. That's 13 swings and misses on 17 changeups thrown. That's elite level stuff, dude. That's better than Kevin Gosman's slider stuff. And over the last 30 days, Riley, here's where Trevor Richards ranks among Blue Jays pitchers. He's third in ERA behind only Kevin Gosman and Jordan Romano. His whip, the best on the team. His strikeout rate, the best on the team. His opponent's batting average against, the best on the team. He's had four, quote, shutdowns where he comes in and just, well, it's like it sounds, he shuts down the team. Best on the team. And he's had zero meltdowns, Riley. Every other Blue Jays reliever has had at least one of those over the past month. Trevor Richards is legit, man. And I know he used to be a starter in the past and I don't think you're going to try to bring him out, but he is good. And he might have some of the nastier stuff in this Blue Jays pen. I don't love the idea of openers. If you've listened to the show for long enough, you know that I'm a baseball boomer as far as how the game is played. So when you look at the sheet and you see a starter only go only go three innings, you thought, well, what the hell? Well, the opener's different. Riley knows that. So let's talk about those three innings he pitched. He struck out seven guys. And yeah, he made the... Minnesota Twins hitters look very, very silly in a lot of cases. I mean, he looked good. He looked comfortable. He was poised. He put in his workload and was done for the day. Let's take our suitcase, get off the hill, get a couple high fives and pats on the back because you did your damn job. He showed up for this one, man. Um, all winnable games, Jesse. Whenever you start a game like a starter like Trevor Richards, had he, had he gone doubled his three innings and gone six, I don't know if he, that would have happened. I don't know what his, you know, ha he hasn't really no, worked gotta, in, in, yeah, in long for a while. Post. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, over even even three innings, and if you were to stretch it to four, who knows what we could have got. I was very impressed by Trevor Richards. He's a guy who I haven't had all the faith in in the past. But I'll tell you what, man. He really gave us a shot to win this game by just – Playing in simple, not allowing base runners and doing it in the old fashioned way and throwing them chairs and, and sitting them down because it was it was it was some good pitching, man. And it's it's something I I you hardly ever see um, guys like that do is when they, you know, seven, seven strikeouts over uh, three innings. You see that maybe five strikeouts or something. But Richard's, a big number. Seven is a yeah. big number. Seven. 
is a big number for three innings, Jesse. It's good to see that. And yes, this changeup, probably the best pitch on the Toronto Blue Jays. I don't know. I'm, I mean, changeups or changeups, whatever. He uses that pitch effectively. I believe we were talking about sweepers. And, and I said, hey, the best pitch in baseball is it depends on the guy and it depends what he's throwing. And Trevor Richards and his changeup, especially let's just talk about relief pitchers. I mean, Devin Williams and, um, the um oh geez blank of Milwaukee's team there he's got a pretty damn good one too but um I mean Richards is really up there man he really impressed me man it was a good good start to that bullpen day he did run out of gas though you could see in the last two batters he faced he did overthrow that fastball about it was time to get Trevor Richards out of that game but then Tim Meza came in did what Tim Meza does faces some lefties get them out and then Bowden Francis came back on Riley and this was only his second ever big league appearance and I thought he was good in this one too Riley two and two-thirds innings pitch three strikeouts one earned run he did give up a solo home run that was the only run John Schneider after the game this is the quote he gave about Bowden Francis. He says, it was just a very convicted uh, outing out of him. And the moment didn't really seem too big for him. He said he saw that in spring training. He's got very impressive stuff and he's made huge strides from last year. Riley, I was watching this game. That curveball looked elite. The spin rates on that stuff is up there with like Chris Bassett's sweeper. And that's probably the best curveball on the Blue Jays team. It was there. He threw a 98 mile power fastball in this one, Riley. I don't remember Bowden Francis ever throwing faster than 95. He threw 198 in this one. And his reward for this good outing today, a trip back to Buffalo as we needed Thomas Hatch for more bullpen stuff out there. But I wanted to see him go out into the eighth. Ultimately, the second I saw Adam Simber put on that pitch comm device in the bullpen, I turned the game off. I did. I could, I just like, I knew this was going to happen. And I understand Pearson wasn't available. Eric Swanson wasn't available. So it was kind of tough. You had to rely on, I guess, Adam Simber, but yeah, uh, Simber was not good in this outing. Well, to start with Bowden Francis, just real quick, Jesse, the home run he gave up was a wall scraper and those sort of things happen. He didn't give up a ton of hard contact and his, his velocity. I mean, so, Bowden, because I'm not a big, I mean, you're a big, you know, you watch a lot of minor league stuff. I myself don't. If you're if you're not a top prospect and you don't play in the show, I just I just look at your stuff on on paper and online. Mm -hmm. I don't I don't know your stuff. So Francis for me was that only really seeing him a couple times. So that velocity right off the gate, huge surprise to me. The movement on his on his breaking stuff, huge surprise to me. I thought he held it together really well. And Jesse. As a guy who probably has the potential, uh, his ceiling for me would be a, a bottom two starting pitcher in baseball. That is his, probably his ceiling. I mean, he did he did I really well in more, this, man. We'll talk and, about and, that if, and, and if there is, that is fantastic. But for right now, I thought he did perfect. I would have loved to see him out in the eighth inning. Now, he didn't come out for the eighth inning. And Jesse, as you turned your television set off, mm -hmm. I was still very much into this game. And I, as soon as, as soon as the hit started coming in, I just knew it. Once two runners were on base, I just knew something like it's going to happen. And then you get Simber who gets one out and gives up six earned runs. Yeah. Ouch, That's man. just Ouch. awful. And I mean, just to lump them together. I mean, Mitch White didn't have much, you know, chance in that ball game either. That just, you know, sells me on that. Yes. He, he did pretty much pitch right up until the end. But it's not like he did a great job either, although he did strike out four hitters, which is which is fine and dandy. 
But if you're if it's either strikeout or hard contact, I don't love those kind of guys. And Mitch White still get hit around. But yeah, Simber throwing you know sub ninety miles an hour on his stuff. I mean, yeah, it, in two thousand nineteen and twenty twenty, that stuff was working for him. I just he's been maybe he's been around the league too long with throwing the, the way he does because he got just. I mean, you want to talk about a meltdown, Jesse? Simber was easily, I mean, um, probably the biggest hit to his stat line on the year and really, really cost us a game. I don't want to put it on one person. I don't want to say Pete Walker, John Schneider, Adam Simber. But if you're going to point in the kind of the direction, you go to the bullpen, you look at the box score, and you go, well, here's where we were winning. And then all of a sudden we're looting, losing and you can attach those six earned runs to Adam Simber. It's all written in plain English or in numbers anyways, right in front of you, Jesse. So, yeah, we don't really have any official thumbs up, thumbs down. But if there was one big old thumbs down to give, probably be going to Adam Simber, who had no business being in the ball game um, in the eighth inning in that one, man. Tough one. You want to talk about a winnable game, like you said, that's a tough one to lose, man. Yeah, Adam Simber has a role on this team, but being the guy to come in in the eighth inning with a two-run lead is not his role on this team. Finally, we got a lot more to get to, and we're running out of time here, so I'm going to mention these two players kind of at the same time, and that's going to go our first baseman on this team, and that's Brandon Belt and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. I did notice that John Schneider actually made a batting order swap in this one, with Vladdy kind of just being just okay over the last little bit, and Brandon Belt being better. They actually switched, and Belt was in the three-hole. Vladdy was down to the four-hole, and if you... Like, I've been watching a lot of Vladimir Guerrero Jr., as we both have his whole career here. But something just seems a little off from him right now. He is swinging under a lot of pitches, I find. And he does make some not the best swing decisions, too. He also got picked off trying to steal second base. And he was screaming in the dugout afterwards. John Schneider tried to come over and cool him down. Over the past 30 days, Riley, Vladdy has a negative 0.3 war. That is not good enough for him. And Brandon Belt, who we've talked about, who has been one of the best hitters at getting on base over the past month or so, actually did leave game two with what looked like a hamstring injury after scoring a run. I had this whole thing front down that Brandon Belt's sprint speed looked better. It looked like that knee was fully healthy, and I don't think it's an accident that he's hitting better now. And then he goes and pulls his hamstring, of course. The Blue Jays do seem to think we've avoided anything serious as there haven't been any roster moves yet for Brandon Belt, but we'll have to stay tuned on that one. So a quick thought on either of those two players, Riley. Yeah, well, it's, I mean, Belt's been doing pretty good. So to see him go down, that's, that's pretty tough. But Vladdy, in our heads, we always go, it's kind of, this is the time, this is the time, this is the series he's going to take off. This is the game. This is the at-bat. This is the pitch. Hasn't really happened yet, man. And I don't know what it is. He seems like he's incredibly frustrated. He's, you know, maybe a little impatient at the plate at times and those aren't good things to be is frustrated mm-hmm. and impatient he's a guy that i mean pitchers work around him he's trying to work to get hits i mean in his in his runner-up um mvp season i mean he, it was it was pitchers scared to pitch against him and i feel like that fear isn't there yeah he can launch a ball but not much is going to hurt you. I mean, yeah, like keep them to a single kind of thing because that's kind of what's been on Vladdy's um, line the last little while is base hits, base hits, base hits. Whether they've been hard or not, he hasn't been doing the damage we would like to see because we know what kind of damage he can do at the plate. So the fact that, I mean, the fact that we're maybe down belt for some time, uh, I, I mean, puts a little more pressure on Guerrero Jr. Because you want to talk about the batting order switch? I don't hate it. You bat your best guys. It gets a lefty at, you know, in our top three guys. And Vladdy just hasn't taken flight yet. 
And when will that happen? I do not know, Jesse. Still does not have a home run hit at Rogers Center yet this year for Vladimir Guerrero Jr. He needs to be better, plain and simple. Riley, I just have a few more small notes before we move on here. Nathan Lucas got his first big league RBI with a sack fly in game two. So congratulations to you. Nathan Lucas, Mitch White was back and he was garbage, as I think uh, we could have expected after how bad his rehab assignment went. And you say Kikuchi was the same, you know, five innings pitched over his two two earned runs allowed over. That's fine. That's fine for your fifth starter. He did throw his curveball a lot more, especially for strikes. So if he's able to use that get me over curveball for Yusei Kikuchi, I did like that pitch mix change. He did seem to be annoyed too when John Schneider pulled him after the fifth. So the competitive edge is there for Yusei Kikuchi. Do you have a quick thought on any of those things, Riley, before we move on? Yep. You know, I like a good whip when uh, Yusei Kikuchi is pitching five innings and has given up five runners. That's easy math. That is a yep. 1.00 whip. That'll work. Those are numbers you love to see, especially to Yusei Kikuchi. Yes, we talked about this two times through the order and maybe get him out of the game. And this is a game where, I mean, we just he gave up two runs and our offense didn't have it for the twins pitching and that happens. So, I mean, those are my thoughts on that, but still decent, very, very good outing from Yusei Kikuchi. I was quite impressed with what he did in, um, in a first game of this one or mm -hmm. first game of the series. And then Danny Jansen seems like he is almost back from his rehab assignment. He had three hits in his last trip in Buffalo, including a home run. It does seem like he will be back for this week against Baltimore. So welcome back Danny Jansen and Riley. I don't know if you know about this. This might be the first time you and I have ever mentioned this player's name on the podcast but down in buffalo there is a first baseman called davis schneider and he has been tearing up for the buffalo bisons right now he had a four for five game with two home runs over the weekend he's currently batting 273 395 563 with 14 home runs riley for the buffalo bisons a 16.1 percent walk percentage and a 23.3 percent strikeout percentage he was just named the buffalo bisons player of the week riley I think he's done a lot, even for a guy who doesn't have much prospect pedigree. If the Blue Jays need an offensive thump, this guy was going to be a big leaguer by the time the season's over. I would be lying to your face if I said I knew a lick about this guy. This is you didn't even prep me with this before the <laughs> show. Uh, Davis Schneider is his name. Yeah, first man. baseman. Well, you know what? Good for him. I guess I'll have to put that in in my bank right there. I'll put him pretty much fit that one right in between Nathy Perez um, and yeah. Actually, Just, it seems uh, like he's got some positional versatility, so it might not be strictly a first baseman. I know he's playing well, first and, this weekend, but and that's good. I mean, yeah. if you're if if you play, if you're a, most of the time, obviously, Jesse. If you're not a David Ortiz, I mean, if usually you're a, a, a third baseman turned, uh, you know, first baseman things like that. So versatility is good too. Maybe we hear more about this guy. Um, you know what? Also, too, Jesse, I do like some some not top prospects being juicy trade bait that you can entice mm -hmm. around the yes. league too. I love stuff like that too, because it wouldn't be. I mean, I is he does he have the potential to hit 350 home runs? Yet to be determined. But I guess we will see uh, what is what is up with uh, the rest of Schneider's career. Whether he gets his cup of coffee this year or 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 what? I mean, that's just uh, a new one for me. New new player, new player, probably for a lot of you listeners and viewers as well. Name to remember, though, in Toronto Blue Jays prospect land. And then one more bit of housekeeping. The first announcement of all-star voting has come out, and there are several Toronto Blue Jays high on this list. 
as there always is, Riley, because the Toronto Blue Jays fans are some of the best at going out and voting for their all-stars. Surprising nobody, Riley, Bo Bichette is the leader at shortstop. I think you and I both thought that he should be there. And I think the other all-star we thought the Blue Jays would definitely have is Kevin Gosman. I think he's still going to be there. But fans don't vote for pitchers. Uh, some other names did surprise me, though. Matt Chapman is still the leading vote-getter at third base right now. And Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is the leading vote-getter at first base right now, which I think surprised me. And if you include our old friend Marcus Semyon, who's currently leading second base right now, it's all of our Blue Jays pals in there. Um, there were some other ones on the list, too. Brandon Belt is second is at designated hitter behind only Shohei Otani. And then uh, Whit Merrifield third at second base. Kevin Kiermeyer is fifth in the outfield and George Springer at seventh and Dalton Varsho at 10th in the outfield. So Blue Jays nation is voting well for their Toronto Blue Jays at the all-star game. Yes, we are. That is one thing we do well is we get all on it and our Canadians, our fellow Canadians throw those votes. And I think we have something with the Padres, isn't it? We vote for you. If you vote for us kind of thing with we San did Diego a few years ago. Yeah. yeah, that was nice. So if we still have that, um, you know, that's if they're still doing that, that's nice. Remember to vote for your Padres, except for Manny Machado, um, because, <laughs> you know, that's it's, it's very good to do to do some things like that. We want to send the best crew available to the all star game. And yeah. Hey, I don't be surprised. Matt Chapman is I mean, maybe it is a little Canadian team bias there, but Matt Chapman could very much deserve a start or maybe even, you know, a replacement guy in the all star game. But Boba Shutt going to be the American League starting shortstop. I mean, that's. That's crazy if he's not because he's playing some great baseball. I mean, we didn't, didn't mention his name. It's not like he went hitless in this series, folks. He just didn't have a four-hit game. So we're probably not going to talk about him till next series. Um, but, I mean, yeah, get out and vote if you guys haven't. I certainly haven't voted yet, Jesse, because Ooh, I didn't know that, it man. was on. I've, I, of course I got to do that, man. I just uh, – I'm, I'm usually late to the party on a couple things. I've, I will get on that. Good man. That'll do it for our episode here today, guys. A lot of stuff we probably could have gone over, but there was a lot of talking points to come out of this weekend series. We now go to Baltimore to face a division rival, a team we are chasing, Riley. It's very, very important to win these games within our division. The Blue Jays have struggled this season in games within our division, so we need to see that change here. Anything else to add, Riley, before we call our episode today? Yeah, uh, poo. Let's uh, let's do well against Baltimore. Let's. I mean, a, uh, you know, a a sweep would be fantastic. If we could win all four against the Orioles, that'd be great. The Orioles are, I, I think, three years uh, above where they should be right now as far as their player development. It's crazy, and they just had their their fourteen year old infielder there, Gunnar Henderson, win Player of the Week as well. There's a yeah. lot going on there. I know he's not fourteen, but God, he looks. He's got a young team, man. Orioles are a young team. I mean, we're a young team, but the Orioles, man, they're a young team. This is an important series for us, Jesse. I mean, divisional rivals, a team that we should be ahead of. And I mean, if there's one team we should be ahead of in Major League Baseball, it is the Baltimore Orioles. So we've got to come out guns blaze, man. My thought, Jesse, my hope is that we sweep. I think we're going to split. That's just how baseball goes. It absolutely does. We'll be back later this week to recap the series against Baltimore Riley, and I hope your prediction comes true. Until then, guys, let's go Blue Jays. Thanks, guys.